Welcome, everyone, to 2023 season episode 39 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news notes and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the South Point 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, the opening race in the round of eight of the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Steve, I'm not going to lie, out of all the episodes we've done this year, I thought <laughs> that this is the one that was going to be the shortest, that I was going to have the least amount of fun doing, and I, I said to you... I just wanted to to get in, get out, and get on with everything. But sometimes breaking news cycles <laughs> will just come in and completely change everything. So um, there's just kind of so much to talk about. And everybody kind of that's listening to this show definitely already knows kind of what we're talking about. So let's just dive right into that. And then we'll take care of business after that. And, and we'll move on. But man... Uh, can you, when you pictured this weekend, did you think that this circus, <laughs> this ridiculous uh, set of circumstances, the drama would all happen and, uh, and it's not even the championship race? What are you talking about? I didn't have my phone on all day. So what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, Steve, if you only <laughs> knew. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We were, we were ringing up the swear words around here, uh, when it, when it all came down this afternoon. Um, so Ryan got would, DQ'd. Yes. Like two hours after the race, right? Yeah. Roughly. And, uh, that was the first thing. So last night we're getting that message and going through, you know, going through Twitter and talking to each other, texting each other back and forth and kind of like talking through it and trying to find a sense of humor about it and realizing you know well there's still two more races and you gotta gotta be optimistic and gotta look ahead and you gotta think well okay we gotta win the next one of the next two races and let's see what they can do you know and a pretty good frame of mind about that and you were even talking about we need a pep talk today you know we're gonna need a nice you know boy, and here we go and uh the power of positivity that you like to say and i was all ready for all that i was getting myself prepped and Okay, we're going to think about that. We'll get that going. And then, yeah, this afternoon happened. It's It's just, it's just crazy. Um, So like I was saying, yeah, so Ryan goes through this race at Las Vegas, has a really solid day. We're going to recap that in a little bit later. Um, Gets stage points, runs in the top 10 all day, finishes in the top 10. Um, Still loses slightly to the cut line and points. Again, we'll talk about that, that part about it as as well a little bit later and we're like okay that's fine so he didn't win but he gets dq'd and they from what I, we understand it was an issue with the, the shock and the dampener and uh, yeah. the length that Left it was it was it was out of spec so they they disqualify them when they announced the post-race inspection so um, i felt like that evening 
I went through like all the stages of grief and gosh, cannot even imagine if this would have happened, you know, after the win at Talladega or if he had won this race at Las Vegas. I mean, it would have been even more of an emotional roller coaster. But I felt like by the from the time that it was finally announced all the way through the end, like you said, we kind of talked it over. We had a good game plan. We we made some jokes. We put a poll out on on Twitter or X that, you know, saying, should we even bother doing our normal in-depth race recap? Because why go through all of that? And then at the end, just say, just kidding. None of this matters. So, but yeah. And then this morning I, I, I kind of woke up and actually was a little bit more depressed. And that's when I, I talked to you about, you know, I, we're going to need this pep talk. So be, kind of be prepared for that. We'll do that instead of the race recap. And then what, just a, a couple hours before we, we uh, logged on here to record the podcast. We get we get the news that uh, it was a mistake. And honestly, I mean, I didn't even see that happening. I thought maybe yeah. there's a chance Penske would appeal. They would get their, you know, go before the the jury, state yeah. their case, maybe have a shot at this. But in reality, it it was all an actual human error mistake on the inspectors' parts as they were on inspectors' part as they were going through post race inspection. Yeah, last night I'm looking for answers. Okay, the asking questions um, online, on Twitter, Discord chat was really cool. Jake from State Farm on the Discord chat, you know, was actually very informative. Somebody has some knowledge of these things, you know. I was just looking for answers. Like, I wanted to know, okay, if it was short, how was it short? Was it something they did? Was it something that wasn't put in correctly? Was it an adjustment they made that they really shouldn't have made? You know, so was it a human error or was it a mechanical error? Did the part fail? Did something happen during the race from pre-inspection to post-inspection where the part failed? And then you find out today during the day that, um, you know, from, you know, that it's possible that it could have been a failure. It's possible this, that, but as we find out now that with the inspection process, that these things were, uh, you know, were, were the way they're supposed to be. And it wasn't even a problem with the part. It was a problem with the scanning of the area of the part. So it really is kind of a, a real relief to know that um, they weren't trying to work in a lot of gray areas to do something and that it was within what it needed to be within. So the little bit of extra speed they had yesterday, and they did have some extra speed that, you know, showed up at different parts of the races, um, was not something that they had to alter to get to, you know, it was actually something they, they, they worked on with the car, the setup and so forth. And, 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 you know, it looks really promising for this week coming up even. Um, yeah. So the news came out, um, from NASCAR, I think it was between 6.30, 6.45 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. Here's their statement. After further review of the inspection process throughout this weekend's events at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, NASCAR has rescinded the number 12 disqualification penalty. Monday mo- morning during its race weekend debrief, NASCAR discovered an issue with the damper template used for inspection. NASCAR then conducted a detailed investigation and has restored the number 12 stage and race finishing positions from Sunday. NASCAR has taken internal steps to remedy this issue. 
Um, Brad Moran from NASCAR went on Sirius XM NASCAR radio. So basically kind of said the same thing. They realized Monday morning that a piece had shifted on the template by a very small amount. He said they took a look at the Penske shock. They took it apart and it was good. Other teams uh, shocks that went through that uh, were past the minimum. So they were also good. So I was talking to you a little bit about this. And like you said, we talked with Jake from the discord chat, like in some, um, I think, Brian Murphy, who I don't know if he works for SHR still or not, but he's been pretty vocal in talking about the next-gen car and how the mechanics of it work and how it's put together. He mentioned that, you know, things like this and with shocks and, and the way this works, that maybe there could have been a slight aerodynamic advantage because the way the shock is set up, it can affect the ride height. One thing from this weekend that was talked about all weekend long was air pressures. So they're running low, trying to run as low air pressures as possible on these tires to get the car lower to the ground for as long as possible. And plus it, it gets kind of maximum grip. So if they, they thought the 12 team was kind of meddling around with, the, with these parts to get the car a little bit lower, you know, they, they could have understood that. Um, but it turns out. It was really, it was really just a template issue. Um, one thing one of our followers mentioned though was like, well, now this shows that the twelve team went to the absolute max on this, or the absolute minimum, I guess, in this case, on on this specific part of the shock. So, does that reveal some setup things that they're doing? Will other teams take notice? I mean, this was a team that finished six, though, so they weren't the you know they weren't the twenty, they weren't the five, they weren't up front leading laps all day. So maybe it doesn't, but man, it's just, it's been such a whirlwind. Uh, Like you said, I'm glad we, even when we thought he was still disqualified, we tried to find the bright side. We tried to find a little humor in it. Almost kind of relished in the fact that it it was just going to be this, just win the next two races or win one of the next two races. That's all the focus is. Don't have to worry about stage points. None of that. Um, I mentioned to you yesterday as I was going through those stages of grief or acceptance and all that stuff that, well, they're, I thought they were in a must win situation anyway. Um, but maybe they're not. And like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, um, so again, we, we put that poll up on Twitter when, when we asked whether we wanted to do this recap and overwhelming, well, overwhelmingly, I think it almost nearly 200 votes, 69% of people said to burn the notebook, skip the recap, but we're going to have to do that record scratch and go back in time here. You didn't burn the notebook. We can yeah. still do a recap. And I think there, there's still plenty well, worth talking about this, this race at Las Vegas. And then yeah. uh, we'll talk points after. Yeah. You know, cause I was going to say right when you were talking about their speed and so forth, I beg to differ um, at one point of the race early in the third stage before the caution happened, they were one of the top cars on the track speed wise. And when they were running fourth, we're within two seconds of the leader and gaining on everybody by three tenths. So, um, you know, the last set of adjustments may not have, have worked out or some teams did something a little better, but I think overall they had speed to win the race. And, uh, that that's a pretty big statement, you know, um, you know, Saturday they did, um, did our qualifying here or practice and qualifying. And what was interesting about that was the whole thing with the uh, right rear tire, um, because we saw two different, three different incidents on track. The nine car blows the tire, hits the wall. Um, the five car comes in cause he felt something wrong and they found a hole in his tire. And, uh, later on the 99 blows the tire. Ryan asks, cause when he goes out on the track, Jonathan says to him, says, we want to run it out. 
if you, unless you feel something that you, we need to change, just run it all the way out. And, um, Brian, about 20 laps in asks, well, how far can we go? And because, and he asked that question based on the tire, they kind of know that this tire is going to have an issue, the right rear, because of the way the cars are set up and Jonathan tells them 30 to 35 laps. So they had that situation figured out a little better than some of the other teams. Also, they weren't pushing it. Maybe they weren't pushing it enough, but truthfully they had enough speed where they didn't have to, and they were worried about long run and, and it helped. Um, Ryan still brings in a little early. I think he bring it on after like 27 laps. And, uh, he was only the second car that ran more than 20 laps, uh, in the session, him in the 99. Um, so one of my classic pet peeves was when, especially when this happens to the nine car, it's going to get pretty vocal on social media and then the 99 and then almost to the five immediately fans blame Goodyear tires mm-hmm. suck. These are terrible. We had Dave Nichols on earlier this year, who's a tire specialist for the 12 car. We actually talked about this and talked about, about their relation with relationship with Goodyear. talked about the tire failures that happened early last season. And he, you know, said in that interview specifically, they have a good relationship with Goodyear. It's not the tires. It's the teams. Um, somebody brought up in, uh, in one of the chats I was having or one of the posts, I think I commented on a post, tried to, I don't want to say correct people, but I was on a, a mission to civilize. And uh, they, uh, they said, oh, what, but remember that Texas race last year where all the tires were blowing out. It was, uh, you know, that, that should never, never should have happened. It was a black eye for the sport, you know, something like that. And, uh, you know, pull up an, and I'm like, I know there are articles written about this, but immediately pull up an article from motorsport, something like that, where basically from crew chief to team owners, to drivers, to Goodyear, every single one said, nah, it was the teams. So yeah, if, if anything, if anything, Goodyear has been criticized for the last couple of years is making tires that are indestructible and tires that won't wear, not right. tires that, that are exploding because they're, they're not built properly. So um, that's just my quick, my quick rant on it's not, it's not Goodyear. Yes. Has Goodyear made some blunders in the past when it comes to Indianapolis and some other places? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was like, a decade ago like this is this is a different this is a different company now they're way more conservative before but the teams are not conservative at all when it comes to this and you see you like to say they sometimes you mess around and you find out and uh and that's what happened um qualifying um ryan ends up in group b and group a uh the fast five or the five the eight the 23 the 19 the 45 so three of the playoff guys make the fast five in that group and um in group B, it ends up being the 20, the 24, the 17, the one and the 22. Um, what's interesting about that though, is Ryan's time would have put him in the top five of the other group. Um, so they were really close. Um, and he, you know, he ends up 12th overall and the 20 gets another pull. Um, and you know, I know he almost pulls this out, but the 20 car, he, he can't win a race from the pole. <laughs> he ends up being the guy on pole winning the pole. What? How many times in the last couple of weeks and gets that number one pit position, everything else. And he can't put it together. Um, so we get to race day. Uh, stage is going to be 80, 165, and then 267. Nine sets of tires. The fuel run should be 60 to 62 to 66 laps. Um, they get pit stall 25, which is the open behind him. And the nine is in front of him. And this, 
could be an issue as the day goes on because the nine does he ends up losing a lap but he ends up getting it back later on too so and he was running far enough back that ryan was in his pit stall when the nine come around once or twice so there was a uh, later pit stop that actually may have affected the part of the pit stop too where he had to get wait for the guy to get in there before he can go out so once again this whole thing with pit stops you guys got to see the whole thing sometimes you know um the nine, the nine, nine into the rear for backups, 20 stars, 20 starting from the, from the outside lane. Um, within a lap, Ryan's all the way up to 10th here, you know, by lap 11, up to ninth, by lap 15, up to eighth, lap 22, he's up to seventh. Um, it's talking about just tightening it up a little bit. He's actually building free, which is a little bit different, um, which is a pretty good th- uh, thing to have actually. Um, at lap 28, he's up to sixth here. Um, and the, the 20 and the five had kind of battled back and forth for the lead while this is going on. And then at lap 33, we get a green flag pit stop. So, um, once that starts on the next lap, Ryan comes in, it's like a nine, four pit stop. You know, these, these stops were almost all sub 10 all day long. Um, and the cycle, like two, three laps later, cycle continued here. And by the time it completes at lap 41, Ryan uh, is p4 so he gained two positions in a green flag pit cycle that's pretty impressive um about nine seconds back of the leader which is the five at this point um things had kind of gapped out a little bit because he was about three seconds back of the 19 running in in third um you know we get uh finally get to a caution at laps what 66 here um and uh what is that so, yeah yeah, so lap 66, we get a caution for the 43 with a flat right rear. Um, and Ryan's talking about just needs a little more rear security. Uh, and this is a whole thing where it starts now with a couple of cars. Do they pit? Don't they pit? And when they pit, what do they do? They take two tires. They take four tires. Um, you know, and this is one of those situations. So he goes in fourth, comes out sixth, but does a 977 stop. Well, Three different cars, the 20, the 45, and the six, all take two tires on this pit stop. So he actually, if you think about it, actually gained a position on somebody because three guys took two tires and only two beat him. Um, I said I didn't want to get into it, but it just bugs me stuff. It's, well, you know. (laughs) Uh, Again, we've we've been called apologists for the pit crew, but the only thing I will say is it, it wasn't a lot of people, but still a couple people chime in on social media during the race. Here we go again. The pit crew is terrible. Yeah. Every time he comes in, he loses spots on pit road, which we just saw the first pit sequence. That was incorrect. And then there's a few times during this race, and it might be in your notes too, where you know Ryan has preferred taking four tires during this race. He prefers it for the balance, prefers it for the long run speed, prefers it for the car. So they came in and they would take four tires on every stop. Several other teams on a different strategy will be taking two. A two tires, and this is so stupid. Sounds stupid and ele, ele, you know, it's elementary. A two tire stop is going to be faster than four. I, I don't that they're not magicians. Yeah, but it was just every time, especially when it was on a, it was a under under caution. Yeah, you're going to yeah. lose track position when you make this decision. So, but I would immediately see, oh, they're so slow. It's like no, they took four. The strategy was different. I will respect that, you know, that take, if you be angry at the right thing, go ahead and be upset with the call or question the strategy, just 
be angry. I would just like say, be angry at the right thing and I'll, I'll respect it a little bit more, but yeah. you just can't, you can't change two, four tires faster than you can change two. It's just I, not logistically possible. We have people that listen to this every week. Okay. And they download it and that's great. It's those are the people though, that on that, the, that version of social media, they don't listen. They're not listening. They're not tuning in. They're not checking out this podcast. They're not getting that understanding. Like I literally pause the TV when they come off pit road, when the TV puts up the graphic on the left-hand side that shows two tire, four tire, two tire, four tire, who did what? So that I can keep track of it. So I just gave you the three cars that took two tires and that stuff. I gave you the numbers to 20 to 45 to six. So understand, you know, what happened while well, I'm talking to the choir here, the people that are listening to this, they know this, they understand it. They're paying that attention to that. You know, those people on social media need to touch grass. Yeah. And they don't <laughs> need to listen. They don't need to listen to us. You just have to, you, if you just pay attention a little bit more closely, you understand yeah. the nuances. I don't want to sound like we're talking down to people. Not to anybody, no. anybody that's watching the race. Thank you for watching. It's one of the best sports in the country. I'm glad you're a fan. I just would like some, some of the hot takes to be a little bit more educated and we'd all in your, your blood pressure would go down too. You wouldn't get so angry. angry, I mean, there's one person that was just shouting. I mean, I guess they're typing in all caps, basically all race long at me, but it's just, I just calm down a little bit. If you would just pay attention to the nuances, you wouldn't be so angry, but anyway, end of rant. (laughs) Yeah. What's funny is Adam. And for those of you that know, know, know us a little bit better now, you know, Adam runs these social media accounts under team Blaney. Right. And literally people are attacking him, you know, just attacking him. And it's like attacking team Blaney with, you know, and, and Adam's just like, you know, trying to defend, like defend off these people. Cause it's like, I understand the passion of it, you know, but also understand that there's a lot of factors, you know, um, they restart lap 72 here. By lap 75, it sorts out the fifth. Um, and the lap 79, the 19 passes. So he's back to sixth here. And the five wins stage one, Ryan gets P6. Now, when we're going to talk about the points at the end of the day here, I want to point this out right now. Ryan runs a really good race all day long. He gets all his stage points he can get. There's only eight guys left in the playoffs. And for the most part, five or six of the eight guys finished with stage points. And at the end of the races, we see almost all eight guys are within 11 positions of each other. So it's really hard to separate um, later on. Like I said, we'll talk about points in that, but it's really hard to separate when everybody's performing so well. Um, you know, last year at this time, the first race, like there was two cars that were out, you know, the 20 car was out early in the race, you know? So, you know, attrition uh, will happen once in a while. And, you know, hopefully it's not, not, Ryan related in the next two weeks, but uh, just something to look out for when we're talking about all these points, uh, you know, having a gr- gr- really good day, a great day, almost, you know, top five would have been super. Um, But, uh, you know, sometimes the other, everybody else is doing a good job too. Um, Now Jonathan's talking about who took two tires, some of them staying out, some of them pinning. Um, and they leave the call up to Ryan here. They call Mustang and they leave it up to Ryan on whether to pit or not. Um, basically, they're kind of counting cars. And this is where the 19 gets into trouble. <laughs> um, so Ryan just goes ahead and he sees what he sees in front of him and he pits. The 19 stays out. The 19 is going to be on a different strategy here here on out for a while. And it kind of costs him for a while. And then, then he gathers it up later on. Um 
this pit stop here, five cars took two tires. So, you know, once again, we're counting cars, we're counting cars coming off pit road. You're watching a TV. So all these cars in front of him that weren't there before, but you got to realize a bunch of them took two tires. They took this gamble to see if they can hold on to their track position. Um, the leader who stayed out this 19, he was on the bottom. Ryan started on the bottom here about the fifth row back, um, restarted lap 87. He gets up to ninth right off the bat, lap 90, up to eighth, lap 92 to seventh, lap 97. Uh, the 19 comes back to him. I was going to say, well, I will say for like a, like two laps, I was like, oh, this is a great call by the 19 because, you know, they probably, this is probably what they thought. They'd get out in clean air, they'd lead the race, and they mm-hmm. could maybe hold on to those positions. But it, uh, dis- that advantage disappeared so, quickly. so fast. So quickly. Yeah. Lap 97, Ryan passes him. <laughs> the 11's a leader at this point. Uh, lap 108, we're up to fifth. Uh, then we get a caution at lap 112 for the 42 spinning out. Ryan says they're like a little more rear security still. Um, little more front turn. Uh, the nine's back on the lead lap here. So this is going to, you know, change the pit stop because now the line nine is, you know, coming to pit road, but he's coming to pit road behind Ryan going to have to come around. Ryan Ryan's going to have to stop short of the sign. Um, it does a nine, nine stop. once again, sub 10, uh, in fifth out sixth. Um, the, the leaders, the six at this point, who was on the, on a two tire strategy early on. And he held on to the position. Um, and they restart lap 118. Storts out to about seventh here. At lap 140 up to six, lap 141. Uh, the five has an issue and tail slaps the wall and shows off how good he is at driving on dirt, basically. <laughs> um, then at 146, we had a caution for the 48. Um, and uh, they get to. Uh, you know, they uh, talking about Jonathan says most people are going to put on their scuffs here. So here's a, a thing where they wanted to make sure that everybody had two sets for that last stage, um, one set for the stage break and one during the last stage. So everybody put on their scuffs here. Um, once again, five cars take two tires on this pit stop, you know, um, the six, the 24, the eight, the 22, the four, um, six is leading at this point because of this restarting um and he sorts out to i think about 12th here uh well 153 is up to 11th 156 up to 10th 157 to 9th 160 up to 8th and the five is leading the five wins stage two and ryan's in eighth once again some stage points um and says my balance was pretty decent um the 17 and the 19 get no stage points uh you know at the end of the stage so um the they go you know for this stage break in the eighth come out ninth the 34 was like a two tire stop there uh the leaders now the 20 and um at the restart the eight and the 34 are all around them they get finally get around a couple of these guys by lap 173 is the eighth one uh 83 is up to seventh 194 up to sixth uh 197 he tells everybody they're building a little bit free here um and uh lap 205 he's up to fifth at lap 206 he gets to fourth and this is like i said this is at the point where he is only about two and a half seconds back of the leader he's three tenths faster than the three cars in front of him if this race goes green the rest of the way and we'll never know 
he would have been a green flag pit stop cycle, which we know he, earlier in the race, they gained two positions just on that alone. Even if they don't gain the positions within the cycle, green flag pit stop cycles, they don't make major adjustments with anything except maybe air pressure. So he was already two tenths to three tenths faster. Everybody on a long run, they get a green flag stop in there and stay within two, three sec, two seconds of everybody. By the end of the race, he's get, he's there. You know, he's probably passing people, probably leading the last couple laps and winning this thing. So the speed was there. The, you know, all the criticism thing can go away, especially since now we've restored all the points. But the race itself, unfortunately, doesn't go this direction. We lap 210, we get a caution for the 14. And uh, they come in and adjust. And um, these restarts, here's something that happens. It's said on the radio. You want to go to Stellanarius's feed? On Twitter and read it. Go ahead and read it. I'm not going to go word for word here, but basically, and it was a bunch of different restarts. We saw this uh, from the in-car camera. It took longer for some reason for his car to wind up and get going like a lap, a lap and a half before it would finally jump and respond the way it needed to. And this is one of those instances. So he kind of got muddled in a little bit of it there. Um, and they uh, lose a position too on this restart here. And, uh, you know, sorting back to about 10th, we get a caution at lap 54. Um, they stay out, uh, at lap, uh, 222, the restart, they be up to 10th, then lap 239, 234, eighth, 246, seventh, 262, sixth. Um, you know, so they got themselves to sixth, and they were chasing for the fifth position. They had, you know, a couple more laps soon, you know, they might've caught it. They were still yeah. faster than the guys in front of them. That's exactly um, why we wanted the race to go green. Yeah, exactly. Um, Larson uh, wins it. Ryan sixth. Um, you know, Ryan says, good job. We'll move on to the next one. Um, and here's the thing, what we were talking about points. So uh, the five finishes first, the 20 finishes second. Ryan is the next best playoff guy in sixth. Okay. The 24 finished seventh. The 45 finished eighth, the 19 finished ninth, the 11 finished 10th and the 17 finished 11th. So point wise, all the rest of those guys in the playoffs finished right next to each other, making it hard to gain on somebody. Um, and like I said, most of them had stage points most of the day, except for those two we named at the end of uh, stage two. So yes, lose a couple points to the, to the cut line, but um, the cut line is, is tightened up too, where, uh, the guys that are on the cut line and above it are all within two, three points of each other. So now it's a matter of, does anybody have a problem? Do you have a little bit of a little bit better of a day to at least advance yourself up on some people? Does somebody from outside the playoffs win the next race? Somebody, you know, outside the eight and why not just win the next race and get it over with, but you know. So let's talk about those point standings. Kyle Larson has locked himself in with that victory. He's advanced to the championship for Phoenix. So he can kind of relax the next two weeks or they can just chase wins too the next two weeks. And second, we have William Byron just, Mm -hmm. so this is, you're talking about it being tight. William Byron in second, just plus nine to the cut. Truex is in third, just plus two. Denny Hamlin fourth, also plus two. Um, Christopher Bell, who finished second in this race, in the fifth position under the cut line, minus two. Reddick in six at minus 16. Ryan Blaney in seventh, just one more point back, minus 17. 
and Chris Busher in eighth with that 11th place finish and no stage points minus 23 to the cut line. Now um, I have to say, and you've already talked about the kind of the positive side of it. There's still a chance, you know, definitely a better chance than when they were disqualified because when they were disqualified, he was at minus 56 to the cut line, absolute mm-hmm. must win situation. So now he's minus 17. This is a really frustrating part of the playoffs, but also an exciting part of the playoffs. This is why they do it. You have to remember these are the eight best teams, or at least, you know, a couple really good teams have been eliminated already too. But for now, the eight best teams in NASCAR competing for a spot in the championship. It is not easy. This is not going to be easy. The next two races will not be easy. This is just how it is. You just have to try to take some deep breaths Try to get your anxiety in check because, I mean, and, and I don't blame you. I'm going to be anxious for the next two weeks. If he doesn't win next week, I'm going to be really anxious sitting in the stands at Martinsville. Um, if he advances to the championship four, I don't even know if I can watch. We'll see. Sure. <laughs> but uh, but we'll we'll see. I mean, he's not in a must-win situation, but it's, it's in my opinion, close. But, it, yeah. but it's still... It's still possible. It's what the frustrating part I mentioned is that you, you can have a great day like he did, stage points, finish six, still lose mm-hmm. points to the cut line. And you have to rely on these really elite race teams having trouble. And that yeah. doesn't always happen. Uh John at Belgium 64, one huge, huge follower of the of the of the of, of our of ours, says back to your regularly regular playoff anxiety. <laughs> exactly that, that's pretty i think good. that's perfect so we're now now we had that other anxiety but now we're back to our just our regular playoff anxiety so you know everybody hold on tight to get on the roller coaster strap those belts in and uh let's let's ride the ride this uh next weekend honest opinion did you and again this might have been part of our again our stages of grief after this this disqualification initially yesterday did you actually kind of like that they were in just thrust into the must win situation that the only thing they had to focus on for the next two weeks were wins. And that was it. They didn't have to worry about points, worry about stage points, all that stuff. Focus, focus, focus on the win. Did any part of you actually kind of like that versus what the situation they're in now where they, they might be torn a little bit versus, you know, maybe we do need to really focus on stage points and not the win. I, here's the thing that, that, these races are run in such a manner that stage points come with it. In other words, I don't think they've come into this round at all looking at just pointing their way to anything. I think they came in this round looking to win one of the three races. I think if you don't do that, you shouldn't be here. And I guarantee you that every week, that's all they're really trying to do is win the race. And like I said, they had a strategy and they had a car that if they were given the proper run in the third stage, they could have won the race. You know, sixth is where they end up. But at one point, like I said, when they're running fourth, before that caution happens, if there's no caution, we may have seen something really, really cool. We may have seen one of those races where he ends up checking out later on because, the, you know, their adjustments were just right for long runs and they can needed you, that kind of long run. So can you imagine if he won? And then had all this happening. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. I would have died. The NASCAR world would be crazy right now. I mean, it's already even after it is, but even after Talladega, like, I mean, I don't, I celebrate when he crosses the finish line and then I'm immediately a ball of anxiety because yeah. I'm like, I, I need to see Bob. 
I need to see Dustin Long. I need to see everybody there at the track. Jeff, mm-hmm. Jordan, Davey, Davey I need Siegel. that tweet. Davy Siegel, I need that tweet. Inspection is clear. Which cars to R&D or no cars to R&D? And then unfortunately, yeah, I mean, with this past weekend, I get the text from you. I was kind of out and about watching on, watching most of the race on my phone. And I just get the text from you that said, whelp. And it's so funny that when you said that, I was like, okay, this is either a good thing in that, like, and I immediately went to somebody being disqualified in my brain. I was like, either Larson just got disqualified or we just got disqualified. And I open up, I didn't even, I just didn't even respond to you. I think I just immediately went to social media and then saw it was us and then, so, but I don't know, part of me, a little tiny part of me thought this was a good thing to just in my mind, just, just, let's just focus on the win. And like you said, though, they're, they're already kind of focusing they're, on the win. There is some strategy to get stage points, but again, good point you brought up. If you're getting stage points, that means you're running up front already. So mm-hmm. that's a, that, that was a really good point. It already comes with it. Going for the win already is, comes with yeah, the stage. Points. This isn't, this isn't like, unless the, it's a road like, course. That's what I'm saying. This isn't like yeah. the Roval. That was that was the other example that would have would have yeah changed that, but the, the, this there is no roval on the, in this round, so there is no okay. We're going to stay out and stay and stay out to the end of the stage and you know flip things. Now this everybody's pretty much you know, and the only thing that you saw was you saw two or three cars take a two tire stop, and really the six car was the only one. The six car took the two tire stop early on and then hung on to that position, um, and he did it two different times, uh, but for the most part it didn't really help anybody. The 34 tried doing it and he ended up going backwards, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, they were the third best of the, of the eight cars and that's pretty impressive. And like, you know, you heard me go through this report. I did not detail who they passed or any of that. I just quickly went through it. And part of it was, you know, pass this guy, pass this one, pass this one, pass with one. So they were moving forward most of the race. Uh, even if they lost a couple spots here or there, on, on a restart or something. And it was mainly on restarts or the two tire stops. Um, they got them back and they got them back within five to 10 laps, 15 laps. And if the, the longer the run they were, they were in. So this week coming up, hopefully it's the same type of thing. Hopefully there's some nice long runs and they just grind it out and get those, you know, get that, uh, those lap, uh, lap times over 20, 30 laps were pretty impressive. So normally we would put a pause on talking about the race this weekend coming up and switch over to our Team Blade and NASCAR Fantasy Live League recap. But because of this breaking news situation and Ryan being reinstated and the points all switching around, uh, the NASCAR Fantasy Live app and the website have not updated to reflect Ryan going back up into a sixth position. Currently, they're still showing him 36, which is one point earned on the day because when he was disqualified, he lost his stage points, lost his finishing points, and they put you all the way to the last position in the standing. So um, we're going to use that as an excuse to skip this week because honestly, I don't even know where I finished. I haven't checked yet. <laughs> I don't think it was great. I know my wife, uh, based on the finish, did uh, I think she started or finished in the top five, top 10 again. So um, we'll have to wait till later in the week or maybe even next week to to give everybody an update on that NASCAR Fantasy Live because we don't want to put out a bunch of numbers there that, that might not be correct because I do feel like there might be a lot of Blaney fans out there that were in our league that probably started him. Um, I know I had him in my garage and never brought him out from the garage, so um, I have no idea. But for now, we're going to table that discussion and switch on over to the aforementioned Homestead Miami Speedway, the second race in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs round of eight this weekend. 
kicking off with on-track activity on Saturday, October 21st. This is going to be an early one, and um, I'm already just talking to to Tara about what our game plan is for Saturday, and I want to get to the track for practice and qualifying. 9 a.m. Eastern time, practice and qualifying at Homestead. It's like a five-hour drive for us. I don't think we're going to hit the road at like 3 o'clock in the morning. It's going to be a little yeah. crazy, but we're going to power through. Do it. So, Do it. But if you want to tune in, 9 a.m. Eastern time, NASCAR Cup Series practice, and then qualifying at Homestead Miami on NBC and the NBC Sports app. At noon Eastern time, the NAS- it's a doubleheader race day. NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Baptist Health Cancer Care 250. That'll be on FS1. And then following that, 3 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Xfinity Series Contender Boats 300 at Homestead, Miami. That switches back over to the USA Network. So if you are a NASCAR fan on Saturday, you're going to be doing some channel surfing between NBC, FS1, USA. You can watch on the various apps, but it's going to be an action-packed day of on-track activity at Homestead, Miami, Miami Speedway. And then the main race, Sunday, October 22nd, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. This is kind of different. The NASCAR Cup Series Forever 400 presented by Mobile One at Homestead Miami Speedway. Again, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC. It's the Forever 400 in celebration of Kevin Harvick. He won his championship, I think, in 2014 at Homestead. They announced today that Budweiser is bringing that exact paint scheme back, which is a little bit of a tweak to move the number forward just to celebrate Kevin Harvick. So um, he's gotten some really good send-offs this year. And... uh Let's see, maybe he can play spoiler and be one of those non-playoff guys that can come out and win. If not, hopefully um, they'll usually give every, everybody gets a chance to give him a round of applause during pace laps at some of these races. So kudos to them. But let's talk about Ryan Blaney, the 12 car, who has not been disqualified and who does have a chance to run for stage points, run for a win here this weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway in this uh, next race in this round of eight in the playoffs. Homestead, though, and for a variety of reasons, and I've said this with a couple other tracks when it comes to his stats, they do not necessarily show how they ran throughout the race because he's had some issues. Eight starts at Homestead. Again, we only go there once a year. Average start around 10th. Average finish is 18.6. He's had some problems between some, you know, run-ins with the wall, run-ins with other cars, and last year specifically... Um, I would say a mental, mental run-in. <laughs> he had a mistake that he made from inside the car. So in those eight starts, just one mm-hmm. top 10 and one top five, which is all in the same race. In 2020, he finished third in uh, the race there at Homestead. So not that great stats. He did, um, he led 70 laps there in 2020 in that race that, you know, he finished in the top five. So that was the old car though. So I don't know. Last year, though, top five speed until was, up until was, the until yeah. the issue they had. Yeah, that's gonna say he was in the top five when uh, when that happened. So, you know, when we like I said, we could have had a at least a top five finish, and that would have been a big points difference going into uh, Martinsville. But uh, we've rehashed that last week, and we're re- here we are we're rehashing in this week. But uh, re- literally, um, you know, just see what uh, what qualifying brings. Like I said, last week's qualifying really wasn't that bad. Um, it ends up being 12th, but the truth is, is if he was in the other group, <laughs> if he was in the other group, he would have, uh, he would have been, uh, in the top five and, and going for the poll. So, 
Um, and the 22 car did pretty good with qualifying last week too. So obviously 22 still giving him some good data to go off of. Um, and, uh, you know, Joey, uh, the, the, the initial start of the race, Joey was actually a little bit of a nice wingman to Ryan, uh, five, six laps in there. He, and then later in the race, he also got out of Ryan's way. So, uh, you know, yeah, he did a good, he did a good <laughs> job, uh, just to bring him up. So, uh, they are getting help from the other teams and, uh, practice uh practice and qualifying is part of that so i just will hopefully get a nice little top 10 spart starting position and get themselves up there near the front so they can don't have to pass too many cars and um this whole thing this past weekend was they were building free and that is actually to their advantage it's a little bit easier to tighten the car up than it is to free the car up so um it was going really well um and i think that this is the same type of track little bit different but I, I think this week it should be very interesting on saturday so since he's only made eight starts i'll read off all the finishes this is dating back to 2015 when he was with the wood brothers 17th 26th 29th 17th 11th 3rd 29th and then 17th last year after the issue he had exiting pit road uh, when he he messed up the shift there so not necessarily trending in the right direction uh but with this new car, every time they go back to a track, it was the only the second time they've been at Homestead with the next gen car. They've always learned the setups have evolved by so much. So I'd like to lean on the fact that they ran in the top five, had that speed, but we just don't know what's going to happen until they unload at 9 a.m. on Saturday for that early morning practice at Homestead. Um, what do you think of, uh, so this is one of those tracks that only go there once a year, used to host the championship race, has some character has a little bit of a, a gritty surface. It's weathered a little bit. The sun beats on it all, all summer long down here in, in South Florida. Uh, where do you rank Homestead at when it comes to the intermediate tracks on the schedule? And uh, do you do you miss ever miss it? Ever miss that old uh, Ford Championship weekend and and ending the season at Homestead as of as opposed to ending it out there in Phoenix? I, I know you do. <laughs> oh absolutely because yeah, you can make as devastated when they moved it <laughs> yeah you can be there for it um yeah I, I the last you know they reconfigured it at one point correct they did some changes Mul- actually multiple times so when they originally built the track they built it as like a mini indianapolis and then they're yeah, like okay we messed up and mm-hmm. then they added some banking to it and they're like ah oh, we still messed up so they tore it all up and then they have the track that they have today which um, I don't want to skew your opinion, but many people say is one of the one of the best intermediate tracks as far as character. It doesn't have the dog leg in the in the front stretch. It's you know kind of a straight up oval and uh, has put on some really great racing with you know cars having to to lean on the on the wall. And this next gen car can lean on a wall and it creates some yeah. exciting action. Yeah, that's the that's the interesting part for the weekend is um, the guy who just won this past weekend is probably the favorite. And, uh, they, they, uh, some interesting statements in their post-race were talking about that, how they're not going to just sit back for the next two weeks. They want to continue their momentum. They don't want to get rusty. They want to keep going. So it's very possible that he wins again this weekend with the way he runs the wall there. Also the 45 car, extremely good at running the wall there. And, and obviously was, you know, doing it in the Xfinity car. And, uh, you know, so it's one of those things where, um, hopefully, uh, we can see what the 12 car can do up there on the wall too, you know? Well, Steve, this was a, a very interesting episode of the podcast. I wanted to throw one thing by you. One of our, our good buddies, Justin, 
uh, threw out there and asked if we would we would be celebrating uh, the end of this episode by heading out to our our local Dairy Queen. Queen. And uh, I didn't get, quite get that. Didn't quite get that it's, one. But. It's it's the it's the DQ man. It's the DQ went right over your head. Went right over my head. Wow, <laughs> too too <laughs> too much intensity about the whole thing. I I totally <laughs> lost that joke. Yes, I'm gonna go get me a peanut butter parfait. Let's do it up. That sounds good. I'll, I'll get yeah. myself a peanut butter cup blizzard to celebrate the that DQ being rescinded from the 12 team. They're just 17 points from the cut line. Round of eight NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. It's time to put up or shut up. They got two races here to go out there and win yeah. or yeah. go out there and dominate the points and uh, get themselves to Phoenix because I think we know what this 12 team is capable of if they could just get to Phoenix. But I want to thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and X at Team Blaney and on Instagram and TikTok at Team.Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. Established in 2018, this organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on Facebook, X, Instagram, all their active social media channels. And we want to wish them well this weekend because they do have the Walk for Alzheimer's uh, happening in Charlotte this weekend. So there's a Team Blaney uh, walking team taking part in that. They're trying to raise some more money, some more funds for Alzheimer's research. And uh, it's a big event for them every year. So kudos to them and good luck to everybody that's going to be out there in Charlotte this weekend walking for Team Blaney. So for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blady podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Just win, baby. Well, thanks everybody for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.